0: Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey
1: everybody, how you doing out there? This is a very special edition of the CFBDynasty.com podcast. Why is it so special? Because you got me and this guy BMAC and that guy Doug Gravely all in the same place at the same time at the CFBDynasty.com studios. Mac. Doug, I'll give you guys the question. What do you think about us all being in here at the same place at the same time? BMac, you go first.
0: It's interesting. I think it'll be fun to uh, to kind of just you know kick it up downtown, Ocala here in the the Search Analytics uh, office in the podcast room. So excited to to uh, maybe give this a go and see if we like it. See if we can figure out how to. You know, Finagle the lights and all that to be good
1: in the future. <laughs> Doug, what about you? What do you think about being in the same place at the same time to record today?
2: Oh, man, I like it. I think we're going to be able to feed off of each other a little bit better. Um, and, uh, well, it was definitely a fun process watching you and Brian t- trying to set this up. So that was interesting.
1: <laughs> this is only about the 17th try to try and get this <laughs> thing started today. We've had uh, little things with the lights, with, the, uh, with the, big, uh, the big board in the back, with the Jumbotron. Uh, but you know what? We're gonna have some fun with it. So uh, today's topic is, for the first time ever for 2023, we're gonna talk about the quarterback rankings, preseason quarterback rankings, 2023 for college fantasy football. BMAC, let's talk about the process to put together, uh, put together this list, and how confident are you in, in the uh, in the rankings that you have today?
0: Yeah, this is more of a team effort, right? So Doug and I were working on this, um, you know, a while back and basically we go through it and we it's it's pretty much an aggregate of our rankings uh and we'll display it more like that as we get to the season where you'll see who Matt has there, who Doug has, who I have and then we'll create a formula to make it uh you know visually showcase like that on the site and uh kind of average out the positions but yeah we're going over you know, players obviously watching footage on YouTube and different things. But looking at stats and looking at coaching changes and all the things that go into the ultimate opportunity for fantasy points, it's more of a probability thing than uh, than a guarantee, obviously. So we're trying to put the math to work in your favor.
1: Doug, what about you? This is the first time you've been involved in the preseason rankings. So what did you feel going through? What kind of responsibility did you feel going man, we're probably going to be one of the first sites to actually put the rankings out for 2023. Um, this could change. It's kind of like the preseason college football rankings. You know that when you're the preseason number one, that if you lose a game, it's going to be a lot different than a guy that's outside the top 25. So uh, what kind of responsibility did you feel when you were putting this uh, this list together with BMAC?
2: So not a whole lot, honestly. Um, I think working with BMAC, who's done this before, made it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but it's fun putting guys in these lists that are potentially taking over a team. So there's a lot that goes into thinking about it, like BMAC said, and I think that, um, yeah, the responsibility, I guess, can be greater. But at the end of the day, like we said, it's a preseason ranking, and it could change.
1: And it right now, and right yeah. now, all this is up for free on uh, cbdynasty.com. Um, just the top 25, Just the top now, 25. Yeah. So uh,
0: if, if you go into quarterbacks <laughs> and then you go to like draft central, that's where you'll see the top 133 ranked. Um, and again, that is the one that's going to be moving all the time. We, we won't change these early preseason rankings. These will be there. And then we'll be moving around for the subscribers, you know, as, uh, we get news and all that stuff going in. Speaking of which we'll be going into the, the expert Q and a, which is where we'll be reaching out to writers and people that are, you know, hopefully at practices when they can be that kind of stuff and talking about college fantasy and, and breakout performers and all that stuff that does affect rankings. And it has in the past in a, in a really positive way. So that part should be hopefully coming out soon, as soon as we start getting some outreach done, some responses and uh, it'll affect these rankings and
1: depth charts that we have a lot. So, uh, if you're out there, you definitely want to be subscribing to uh, the CFBDynasty.com site. That way you can get a leg up when you guys get to your fantasy draft. It's probably going to be happening in August. That way you can start getting your rankings together and get a leg up on the t- the uh, other guys that are in your league. Um, so, and also, if you're somebody that's out there that is actually covering uh, a college football program or a conference, uh, whether either we're going to reach out to you or you guys feel free to reach out to us uh, because we want your input. You're going to have your, your – uh, your, your legs deeper in that pool, so to speak, uh, when you're talking about somebody that's covering a conference or covering a team. So uh, we want your input because your input could uh, change the way that some of the rankings are looked at.
0: Yeah. And um, as we get closer to the season, we'll be able to hopefully showcase some behind the scenes looks on discord, et cetera, for all of the tools that we have coming out. That's going to help you with any of your DFS or, uh, you know, DraftKings, whatever Fanduel. Uh, weekly sports, and then your standard fantasy, of course, is going to help you out a ton. And uh, cannot wait to kind of uh, show you guys what's uh, being worked on behind the scenes. But, yeah, for now, we've got the rankings and the big addition, that's exciting for us, would be the uh, the logos added to the site. So you can check that out. A little more colorful now, trying to make it a little less like I like it, where it's all data Spreadsheet style looking and a little bit easier on the eyes, easier to read and all that stuff. I've got that feedback from so many people, especially guys in our league like Dillingham, etc., who's like, "Man, why can't you just make it more simplified?" So that's what we're working on. But feedback helps a ton, helps shift uh, the way we do things, as Matt said. So um, here to to learn alongside you guys and uh, and dominate our fans. Really leagues. quick.
2: Speaking of feedback and. I know we've talked about this. I want to give a shout-out to Brett P. real quick over on the West Coast. Um, he's always giving us feedback, always talking to us, communicating with us. Um, so I just wanted to give you a shout-out, Brett. You're the man.
1: All right, so without further ado, we're going to go start looking at the, uh, the top 25 um, preseason quarterback rankings. What we're going to do is we're going to go in segments of five, Uh, We're going to look at 21 through 25 right now. We're just going to name off those five. And then if you guys have any commentary about why these guys are in that 21 to 25 rank, uh, we'll go from there. So 25 through 21. At 25, we got Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel. 24, we got Penn State's Drew Aller. 23, you got Utah's Cameron Rising. 22, Texas's Quinn Ewers. And at 21, my boy from Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh let's talk about those five. Gabriel Aller, Rising Ewers and McCall. What put those guys into the 21 to 25 position? Talk about whatever one you want to.
0: Yeah, 25 starts off a little bit uh it's it's like a low floor or high floor low ceiling kind of guy where he's going to be good, you know, they are replacing a lot of receivers, but Gabriel's been there done that for, you know, for maybe five years now between UCF and Oklahoma. Um, and uh, he doesn't have the the dual threat. You know, he's not going to run 10 touchdowns or whatever like Grayson McCall will. So I, I like Gabriel. He's a good QB2, QB3 range type of guy, depending on if you've got you know, a standard 12-team league or whatever. But um, I like him. I think he's good. Same with Cam Rising, I think he's really good, but he's Cam Rising adds that rushing ability. Mm-hmm. Um, love Ewers uh, the way they looked in the spring spring game. Don't want to overreact to the spring game, of course, but the weapons they have at Texas just gotta love what uh, what Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers is doing there.
1: Doug, who stands out for you in that twenty one to twenty five group?
2: Uh, well, Brian's boy, uh, Penn State quarterback Drew Aller. I think he. Arguably has the best arm in college football. Um, He's an athletic guy. But the coaching staff at Penn State with Drew Waller, I think he's going to shine. I think they're going to do a great job. And one that we could be dealing with in our fantasy league for a long time when he goes pro for Brian, because I think he's got the potential to be very successful there as well.
0: Yep, for sure. I I love the Penn State offense. I think, though – um, they will lean more heavily on Catron Allen and Nick Singleton early on in the season while they kind of get his feet wet, so to speak. Um, and then you'll see him kind of break out, probably getting into that fourth, fifth, sixth game, somewhere in
1: there. All right. So that being said, now we're going to move on to 16 through 20. Uh, at 20, you got K. Klubnick from Clemson. At Toledo, you got DeQuan Finn at 19. Uh, then you got at 18, Sam Hartman transferred to Notre Dame. At 17, you've got Jalen Milrow winning the job at Alabama. And then at 16, you've got Jaden Daniels from LSU. So you have a whole lot of uh, Power 5, big-time quarterbacks, big-time schools there. Um, so tell me, what, what, uh, how hard was it for you guys to throw Daquan Finn from Toledo in the middle of all these Power 5 guys?
0: Oh, easy, man. He's a known commodity. So Daquan Finn has been good for two years. He's going to come in. I think this will be his junior year. Who's to say what the eligibility actually is? Nobody really knows, I don't think. But um, Daquan Finn is uh, legit. So th- he's a he's dual-threat guy, and he's just going to get his, I think, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 30 – like, he had some big games, though. I think he had 66 or something like that one game. So he's got super high ceiling in terms of what he can do in that Toledo offense. Um Hartman they say he's in a quarterback battle he's so Uh, good I don't believe that at all (laughs) I think
1: that's just trying to motivate him you don't have a guy like Sam Hartman come from Notre Dame and put him in a battle that's just trying to motivate him to be elite
0: yeah and I I I like him what I think that's going to do is it's going to force us to rank some Notre Dame receivers higher than normal and there's a couple that I really like but we'll see who kind of breaks out like Hartman is so good I think um I think he's bust proof and and that's that's kind of hard to say but he took the wake forest offense he averaged uh 32 ish fantasy points per game last year um he's got a higher ceiling he'd be higher um you know if he was if he went to a school that had you know higher propensity of passing the ball whatever um but hartman's so good so
2: good yeah i agree um i don't see a quarterback battle there at all but hey whatever what am i to know i'm not there at practices so but um I think Jalen Milrow. Um, we'll know more on Saturday, I believe, after the spring game. But to me, he's got the tools to to be top twenty guy and could potentially move up even higher if Alabama can figure out the passing game. Definitely a lot more than they did, than they did last year. But we've talked about this before. I think Alabama is going to be kind of old schoolish. Um, they're going to run the ball a lot, but Jalen Milrow. Milrow has the potential to run the ball a lot. So he
0: is, elect, like, I think I put this on Twitter. Like, uh, I think he can – he he's got the potential to be the biggest weapon in all of college football. Like, he's he's that talented if he can throw right and throw on time and avoid turnovers. Like, that's going to be a big thing as Alabama is going to really feature their running backs this year. But, you know, if that's the case, I think – I think you've got to really like no there. If he can, if he can control the ball, obviously move the offense down the field, avoid the turnovers. Um, and then you got Jaden Daniels in the same conference there who was uh, kind of unexciting to me. I, don't, mm-hmm. I really don't know why. Um,
2: Probably because he got 0.2 points in a fantasy football <laughs> game at one point, but
0: yeah, they got a slow start, but I mean, he ended the year averaging 26 and a mm-hmm. half and that's, that's all right. That, like, like, He's going to be the focal point of the offense. And you, uh, if you listen to the show during the season last year, you know why I didn't really like him that much because uh, I was, you know, Kayshawn Boute owner in multiple <laughs> leagues and a, uh, a
1: milk carton, a milk carton staple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just didn't really get him the ball that often. And, and maybe he just uh, forgot how to play football, whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, possible. Matt, let me ask you. All right. The guy at 20. Cade hey, Clubnick, Club what do you think of that guy?
1: I think Clubnick is uh, definitely going to be a star. I uh, I hate the fact that he's going to be such a star because, you know, I'm uh North Carolina State Wolfpack right. through and through. That's why I asked. However, um, I think that in the, the the small amount of time that he played last year, um, you got to see why he was a lead and DJU was just not the right quarterback for the Clemson offense. Um, Clubnick just definitely looked like um, what the uh, – the Clemson fans were wanting as the successor to Trevor Lawrence. Um, But it's always hard to be somebody that, that follows up a quarterback that is just unbelievably elite. And um, I think that just the expectations on DJU were just unrealistic for what he was. Uh, But Klubnick is definitely the kind of guy that can come back in and bring back that glory.
0: And, And the biggest thing that you love obviously is a fresh start, but then you get the new OC that comes in Garrett Riley from TCU. So uh, love the potential there with Antonio Williams, with the other receivers that they, that they, uh, they have on the roster. I think they're going to be, you know, potentially really good. They've got a good running game and they've got a good schedule. So I, I think uh, mm-hmm. definitely Klubnick is at 20 is good. He could outperform that. We'll see how much he runs the ball. Really, really don't know yet.
1: All right, so let's move on to 15 through 11. 15, you got KJ Jefferson from Arkansas. Jordan Travis from FSU at 14. Joe Milton, you got winning the job at Tennessee at 13. Donovan Smith winning the job at Houston at number 12. And Tyler Schau from Texas Tech at 11. So uh, let's go over. What are your thoughts on the the group that you guys have assembled in 11 through 15?
0: First of all, the Tyler you say shall. That's what it looks like, right? But they say shuck, whatever. Anyways,
1: the, well, shucks, I said it wrong. (laughs) My bad. To all you Texas tech fans out there, I apologize.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I like him a lot there in that group, but Donovan Smith is more of the Dana Holgerson quarterback position. He might not win that job, but uh, if he can kind of put things together, um and turn the ball over less than he has and, and complete passes at a higher percentage. In that offense, he's got potential to be great, throwing to Matthew Golden, of course, and others. So um Nico though, Iamaliaba, or however you say his name, right? He looked great in the spring game. He I don't did. know if you got to catch that or not, but Tennessee's in good hands for years. I think Joe Milton, though, if he wins that job, he's, he's- He's going to be – he's got top ten potential. Another
2: guy like Oller who's got a sh- amazing arm. Yeah. He's got a cannon. Um, if he can, you know, sometimes just make better decisions with the football, you know, then, like you said, the potential to be incredible. Um, the two that stand out to me the most, um, and those of you that have watched prior podcasts know my feelings on Donovan Smith at Houston. So, um, you know, I'm not a big fan. But – We'll see if, you know, Brian sliding him in at 12 against my better judgment. Uh, you know, slaps me in the face later this year. We'll see. Well, but
1: I got, I got a question for you guys. So your guy ranked at number 14. Do you think that Jordan Travis at Florida State is going to get some excitement back so they might I- have more than 50 people at their spring game in uh, 2024? <laughs> what was that?
2: I think Jordan Travis with the tight ends they brought into that team, the receivers they still have, and – Trey Benson being one of our breakout running backs, obviously, um, there's going to be so much pressure taken off of him than he's felt in the past. And I think he's just going to be able to play his game. And the the fact that they kind of let him play his game a lot more last year shows you what he can do and shows you his potential. And I think Jordan Travis is <laughs> could potentially be, in my opinion, a, a top 10 quarterback by the time this season's over.
0: Yeah, and they're – Number one in returning production, eighty percent of their offense returns. Um, really incredible. I think they're going to have that. The receivers are going to be better. Um, and then you add in guys. It freshmen. pains
2: pains Brian to say stuff like this. By the way,
0: no, nah, no, nah, it's <laughs> it's all good, man. I I enjoyed it in the nineties growing up when Florida, Florida State, and Miami all were good, and and those games were fantastic. Yeah, the most painful thing is just. I watched Florida spring game live and uh, that's the most recent painful thing that I've done in in quite a while. I've said
2: it for a while. Um, Danny, who's part of our league and a big Florida state fan. I kind of miss the glory days of Florida, Florida state meaning something at the end of the year and potentially Florida state being in the conversation this year, you know, could make all their games really fun.
0: Yeah. But FSU is going to be legit. So yeah. you know, Florida's gonna have to figure out their thing. I, I like where their things are heading, but anyways, like that that FSU offense is gonna be a known commodity. Can't wait to see whatever whenever they play Clemson, how that game turns out, because that's I think they're neck and neck, exact same odds to win the ACC. Um, so that's that's gonna be. It's been a while since it's been like that. It's typically Clemson huge gap, everyone else not anymore. This this Florida State offense is gonna be legit, and Trey Benson. Doug mentioned breakout running backs. If you haven't seen it, we did a, a video version of our mm-hmm. breakout running backs on YouTube. Check it out. We would love some feedback there. I think uh, I think it's pretty cool. It's a highlights version of it instead of just a list on the website.
1: So um, if you guys are checking out this list, basically one of the themes of the list is if you pick a starting quarterback from the state of Texas, <laughs> you're probably going to be in good shape mm. because we're talking about. Five of six in this group that we're in right now are in the state of Texas. We're going to move on, and we're going to actually go from ten to seven right now because of this theme. So you have uh, at ten, you got Preston Stone at SMU. You got Frank Harris, who's like the seventeenth year senior at uh, UTSA. Um, Frank Harris, I got a lot, of, a lot of love and respect for Frank Harris. I really love the way he plays, but it's just hilarious that he's still in there i've had frank harris on my team i feel like since i was in high school uh, which you guys know is a long time ago <laughs> um but yeah frank harris i don't have a problem with him bit of my roster because he always is getting some points um then uh you've got michael pratt who's sneaking in there busting up that uh, that texas uh that that texas stranglehold at eight and then you've got uh chandler morris from tcu at seven so let's talk about those guys from 10 to seven now morris pratt harris and stone why do you guys have that group all bunched up together
2: well of course, like you said, Harris, you know, has a ton of experience. And everyone that he throws the ball to is back. Um, you know, when you have arguably three receivers that post top 100 receiver numbers in fantasy, you got to like the quarterback. Um, and he's a dual threat. He likes to run. Um, the only question I have is how their offensive line is going to be this year. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's um, could he move down a little bit? Maybe, but could he stay about where he's at? Maybe. I think, like I said, the only question with UTSA is that offensive line this year. But I, I think you gotta like Frank Harris to just make plays because that's what he's been doing for, like you said, the 27 years he's been in college football. Um, then you got, in my opinion, probably the best one on this list. From you know, in, from my point of view, not just because I have him on my team, but Michael Pratt. I just think he's a great quarterback and I could see him doing the same thing he's doing at Tulane. If he went to a bigger power five school and like a Oregon or North Carolina, he would probably do the same thing. (laughs) Florida would be great. Okay. But Um, listen, I mean,
0: we'll see what happens there. You guys have these quarterbacks. Then he says, Pratt. you probably say Harris. Would you, would you swap? Would you rather have Pratt or you would you roll with Harris this year? So for stats wise, Harris averaged five more fantasy points a game than Pratt last year.
1: I would consider, I would consider going straight up on that one. Uh, just, I mean, I'm not saying that I, I'm not saying I wouldn't roll with with uh, Frank Harris, but my quarterback crew uh, has been uh, oddly too consistent. Or, like when I say that, I mean guys that have just stayed in college football, guys that you thought were going to graduate <laughs> or do something. I've had the same five guys on my team for three years, and I'm actually looking to get rid of somebody not because I don't like him, but because you want to have some kind of newness there. You know what the ceiling is, you know what their floor is, and you want to be able to try and get something going on. So I, I wouldn't have a problem with uh, potentially doing
2: that. Yeah, yeah, straight up trade could be fun, but man, that's kind of nerve wracking, you know. Frank Harris, his knees might go out eventually or something. I don't know. He <laughs> might be we'll collecting see. social security before yeah, the, end of I, the I season don't know, at this I don't point. Know. He... He yeah. might wake up in the morning. And his back hurts more than Pratt. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there, but we'll see. But arguably the most exciting young kid on on this list for me is potentially Chandler Morris. I don't. Yeah. I mean, if TCU can kind of pick up where they left off, Chandler Morris before he got hurt looked great too. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, Chandler Morris could be really fun as the young guy on this on this list that we just talked about, though.
0: Definitely. Yep. Yeah. And that offense and uh, just seeing what they can do. Like Morris, when he came out, he had a huge game. I can't remember 400 yards passing, I think four touchdowns plus maybe. Um, But he won that job over Duggan that got hurt. Um, So I, I think the offense obviously is in good hands there with Chandler Morris, dual threat guy. Huge potential, huge potential.
1: All right, looking at 6, 5, and 4 now. Then for, the, for the top three, we're going to take them one at a time. So 6, 5, and 4 at 6, you got Kyle McCord winning the job at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Michael Penix Jr. at Washington at number 5. Drake May, no surprise there, uh, seeing him at number 4. So uh, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the group there, 6, 5, and 4? So Kyle M-
0: McCord, um, you know, didn't look great in the spring game. That's the only one we really get to see live, but uh, he's in a good quarterback battle with Devin Brown. Um, But they they lacked a couple of starting offensive linemen. The top three receivers didn't really play much. Um, Starting running back didn't play much. So I don't don't know how much you want to judge from that. You did want to see him come out in a game uh, like that, that's built for kind of offenses to kind of do really good with – great receivers and uh, vanilla defenses, but is what it is. And uh, I don't feel any less about Kyle McCord. I still would give him a a slight lead probably over Devin Brown. That also, just like the, the Donovan Smith thing, that's the Ohio state quarterback slot. It doesn't matter if it's Devin Brown or Kyle McCord, both of them would be ranked really high. Whoever wins that job.
2: I mean, the receiving core is incredible, (laughs) right? So, I think whatever quarterback goes there, um, you know, <laughs> is, mm-hmm. is potentially a top ten guy. Now, if you put me in that system, I would not be. But you'd be, um, you'd
1: be top two, man. I, I mean, on. I
2: might complete a pass or two if they're about five <laughs> yards or so. But you know, um, no. But I agree with you. That top ten spot is for whatever Ohio State quarterback wins that job, because that you're bound to be successful with the weapons that they have there. Oh, I yeah. mean, and. Their running backs catch the ball to the backfield like they're just they're prime a prime team to just score points. That's mm-hmm. I mean they're so good. Um Then real quick you got Michael Penix who led the country in passing yards last year. Yeah. I mean
0: and he's got great weapons he's, too. All he's coming back. Yeah,
2: he's I don't think you can move him down. He's yeah. got the same offense and he's the same Michael Penix and might even be better this year. You never know with two years in that system to kind of let the ball fly and then drake may i mean what more can i say it's drake may honestly
0: they lost josh downs so we'll see who they replace him with uh
2: they got transfer
0: likely the transfer yep um but uh (laughs) may is so so good and we've seen these guys though we've seen them come out super hyped after a really good season lose some top receivers and then not make it back up um can't think of some good analogies, but I know there's a few. So, um, man, I like May a lot, though. I don't think he's going to be that guy. I think he's elite, elite. And I think uh, on our Debbie rankings, which we'll be talking about, you can see those rankings live on the site. But I think we've got him right behind Caleb Williams for the guys that are remaining in the sport right now, yep. the quarterback. So I like May a lot, too.
1: So number three, you guys have a uh, the second guy that we've come across who is highly touted last season that went into the transfer portal, decided to pull his name back out and go back to school. You got Austin Reed at Western Kentucky. Um, What makes you guys put Austin Reed from Western Kentucky all the way there at the number three spot?
2: The biggest thing I can say is they just throw the ball. That offense, they just love throwing the football. And Austin Reed shows what what he can do. He showed it last year when you just let him throw the football. I mean, Western Kentucky, teams like them, like we've talked about. And yes, I knocked Donovan Smith a little bit here and there, but teams like Houston, those type of teams, they just throw the football and that's yeah. what they do.
0: Yeah. And he's got Malachi Corley back. And, uh, you expect that to probably be the best stack quarterback wide receiver mm. stack in in college fantasy next year. Um, probably. I, I, I-, I will
1: say that the one I was, I actually kind of disagree. Here's why I say that. Um, I think that, uh, one of the things about Western Kentucky last year was their their wide receiver core was like playing the lottery. Yeah. They had six, seven, eight, nine different guys that got mm-hmm. some, some uh, multiple targets and it'd be a different guy from week to week. Uh, Malachi Corley he started off the season absolutely hot in week zero and um, had some games where he was crushing it, but there was other weeks that he just did nothing. Yeah. Um, so you're probably going to get your yards out of Western Kentucky, but hopefully – they can get a little bit more consistency and get that nine or, or so guys down to like five.
0: Right. Yeah. You've got him, right? Absolutely. I do. I, I only have one receiver. So, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> the second guy, the second guy, his name. Uh, I can't think of the name. Second guy at Western Kentucky is gone though. I think I, I like uh, Malachi Corley a ton going into this year. Oh,
1: I do too. I do too for sure.
0: Well, if you don't, Ever just let oh, me know. I know, hey, I, wake know, I, know. I know I know every year every
1: year you know what and last year you tried to get a, a senior wide receiver for me and I should I should have traded them to you but you know what? it I would didn't.
0: have yeah it would have been good for you it would have not have worked out for me but
1: mm. hey
0: you just gotta take some shots
1: sometimes that's right that's right <laughs> so uh up. top two we got two guys we're gonna go one by one that should be a surprise to nobody that yep. these two guys are gonna be at the top of the list so um we got Bo Nix from Oregon at two. So uh, real quick, give us your thoughts on Bo Nix and why you have him all the way up at two. And without naming who's at number one, tell us why you did not slide him to number mm-hmm. one and why he was stuck at that number two spot.
2: Okay, well, I'll start. Um, Bo Nix, my fantasy quarterback that I never take off the starting lineup unless it's to replace with Michael Pratt. Um <laughs> Thank you, Danny Tucker, by the way, for dropping him. <laughs> and I could pick him up. Um
0: Well, I mean, who
2: <laughs> Who was gonna keep him when he was at Auburn? Though? Right. I mean, Auburn right. was such a mess yeah. that yeah, he was just kind of taking up a roster spot when he was at Auburn. Um, and that shows you what playing for a staff and an organization that knows what they're doing can do. Yeah. um but Nix again, a guy that's getting a lot of his receivers back and I could argue that Franklin and Nix could potentially be one of the best quarterback receiver duos this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Franklin's a great receiver um, also on my team. Uh, thank you. That's <laughs> what well, helps me get second place, by the way, Matt. Uh, that's right. You know, I, I like getting second. But again, he's a dual threat guy. Um, he cut down on his turnover so much. He's just potentially, you know. Could he eventually maybe be the number one guy this year in fantasy? Sure, who knows? Of yeah, for sure. Of course he could. But catching the guy that's at number one is going to be very difficult.
1: So let's uh, let's go to that guy at number one. So number one, obvious USC, Caleb Williams. So we don't need to talk about the, the basics. Everybody knows who Caleb Williams is. What do you guys think his ceiling is? What do you think the potential is of insanity that he could do this year if you're somebody that's a Caleb Williams owner?
0: Yeah, and and really like you could see it doesn't really happen much in the NFL. You could see a little bit of tanking at the end of the year. I think he's that good. Um, unlike the was it the Texans that screwed themselves this year by, by <laughs> winning a game at the end of the well, year. Good old Lovey, yes. I think, was like,
2: We're gonna win this game because right. I right know I'm getting fired.
0: <laughs> but um, I think that's potentially worthy. Like he he's got so many weapons. Uh, where that's, that's where drafting USC is going to be really difficult. Like, um, love Marshawn Lloyd a ton, mm-hmm. but he's probably going to split touches between three running backs yep. and then the receivers super talented. Like they'll be, they'd be great. Like you got Mario, you got, uh, you could just, the name, <laughs> the list goes on and on really. And then you've got lemon coming in as a freshman and, and others coming in uh, branch, obviously, like just elite talent everywhere. So he already won the Heisman last year. Um, they're going to be on a war path to try and win and play some defense, hopefully this year as a team and and win. But as far as fantasy is concerned, there there's nothing better to have a quarterback that's dual threat with experience in an offensive system that has weapons. Uh, yeah, you're they're going to be great.
2: You're losing a guy, you know, Jordan Addison, obviously. Yep, but. You've got, like you said, the receiving core. That's so you got Singer Williams, sure, yep. all all these guys. That right now it's hard to pick a number one receiver because they could all potentially be a number one receiver somewhere. Yeah. In my opinion, so yeah. you've got all these guys that are, you know, fighting for like who who's gonna who's gonna get the ball when you can see every one of them getting 50, 60 catches. Like you just don't know what's gonna happen. Yep. Like Caleb Williams' ceiling to me scored four hundred seventy points last year could be 520, 530. I mean, he could score a that's, lot that's of like points.
1: That's like Patrick Mahomes levels at Texas mm-hmm. Tech, so that's yeah. that's incredible.
0: Yeah.
2: So, like I said, I mean, USC, their offense and like BMX said that just I don't see a drop in his play, really. And if, it's it's kind of funny to say that if he only scores 450 points this year, that's a drop from the year before. That's right. crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy.
1: All right, so that's a look at the top twenty-five. On uh, coming up, shows we'll be talking about running backs, wide receivers. But we do have a few follow-up questions here. Let's um, go. All right, so who outside in the in the in the top twenty-five from eleven to twenty-five do you think has the best chance of being able to jump into that top ten by the time you have the August rankings? Because we still have um, we still have uh, transfer portal stuff that could happen. Yep. We still have uh, you know fall practices. Who do you think has the best chance of actually jumping up from that 25 rank up into the top 10? BMAC, who do you got?
0: Uh, I'll go with Daquan Finn. Uh, I don't know what all is coming back along the O-line yet, um, but I know he's a dual threat guy, and he's going to get a, a ton of of run. Um, if I knew Milro was going to be the starter, I'd still go with Daquan Finn. I think he's got uh, – the potential to, to jump up there. I like Milrow a lot there. Cause you're looking to me, you're looking at a a dual threat kind of quarterback. Jane Daniels um, would be eligible for this. Grayson McCall. He's just been so consistent. Like we know what he is. I don't, for whatever reason, even in blowouts, he's not putting up 50 fantasy points. Yeah, He's going to get his 30 and that's it. I think, Um, I
1: think the coaching change at, uh, at Coastal Carolina, you're going to see him be feast or famine. He's either going to be a 50-point guy a week or he's yeah. going to be a 10-point guy <laughs> a week uh, because the, his new head coach has shown that there's times that he can put up points like there's no no tomorrow and there's times he can't do anything. So it'll be mm. interesting to see how that pairing goes.
0: Yeah, I'll roll with Finn, although I would love for it to be Milrow. Who do you got, Doug?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Travis. Yeah. I think well, no, no, Jordan. No, no,
0: no. That's That's what? cheating. Why We're outside the top 15. Oh, outside
2: 13. the top 15? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, That's a little more difficult, but I'm going to throw Sam Hartman in there yeah. at Notre Dame. Yep. Um, I think Sam Hartman, again, great last year, and I think he's going to a potentially a better spot this year. Um, we saw what Notre Dame can do, you know, in competitive games – with somebody at quarterback that I don't think was as good as Hartman. So, I think Sam Hartman could potentially slide into the top ten for sure. And I think their schedule is pretty easy this year. But
0: So, uh, schedule, Navy, Tennessee State, feeling good about that. Yeah, that's a good one. NC State, you're feeling good about that. Still feeling good about <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Central Michigan, but then you go Ohio State. Which, if they have a defense, great. If yeah. they don't <laughs> – Right, dude, be a shootout. Duke Louisville. Luckily, it's not the Louisville
1: basketball team. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> USC should be a shootout there. Uh, Pitt and then Clemson. So, this would be the fantasy playoffs. Then
1: Clemson, Wake, and Stanford. Yeah, schedule's pretty workable. Pretty that. workable there for Notre Dame, especially up yeah. with Stanford that is just in complete free fall right now. Yeah, right
2: for sure. But aside from my cheating and picking Jordan Travis, I'm gonna go Sam Hartman, would probably for me, slide into the top 10.
1: All right. Who is, uh, who is the riskiest pick putting uh, into the top 25 guy? You think, you know, Hey, he's in the top 25 now, but you could see him just completely fall off if things don't break his way.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be clear, it's the guys that are in the quarterback battles, right? So we don't really know who's going to win that job at Ohio state. Uh, we have, we, uh, you know, Houston, Alabama really don't know. Those are obviously the riskiest picks. Outside of those guys though, who who do you think it would be?
2: I'm going Donovan Smith. You guys uh, so already know this. Houston
0: quarterback though. Like outside of Houston. But don't
2: I don't think I, I don't think he's gonna win the job. So that's he fine, would be that's my fine, riskiest pick. It, I guess so a Houston quarterback this, in this? that spot.
1: How about is, this? Who do, who would you say is a guy that's a returning starter that's okay, on this a returning list? A returning starter. starter that's on this list that you think has the biggest chance of of having that risk and falling off the cliff.
2: All right. Um
1: so probably, a probably for program. me,
2: probably for me, um, the guy at 25, Dylan Gabriel, could potentially fall off this list. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much who I was thinking of too. Like uh, him, maybe, maybe Klubnik. If if he ends up not getting as many rushing mm-hmm. touchdowns and they feature Shipley a little bit more, yeah. Um, that's that's. that's yeah. possible, I feel like but... I feel like
1: if you listen to this to this podcast over the last uh, couple of weeks, I think you probably would also say Frank Harris. Because I know you're not a believer in their offensive line situation. Well, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah.
0: what the, the that O-line if
1: if the offensive line is, doesn't yeah. doesn't materialize there. I think I think based on some of the things you said before that Frank Harris has a chance to to slide down, not because of his talent, just because of the talent that's around him and, and blocking in front of him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen what's happened to uh, guys that have come in and killed it the year before, lose a ton of the O line, and then they just they they don't produce.
1: All right, so here's a question I got for you guys. So it could be somebody that's on the list right now or somebody whose name we don't even see. Who did you guys have the biggest battle over and who fought to get a guy ranked either where he is now or wanted him ranked higher and the other guy was like, nope, we can't push that other guy up to the level right now. Who is the guy that you guys had the biggest battle over and why and who won?
2: We didn't have huge battles. No, uh, you we come were up with one. super similar. <laughs> <laughs> probably Donovan Smith, um, but I would say Donovan Smith. I but, mean, I'm yeah. just not high on him in general. But again, like BMAC was saying, if you're thinking of just the team quarterback in general and how they play football, yes, having a Houston quarterback in the top 25 is is it's probably beneficial. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's going to happen. So, yeah. but the argument with who I think, um, and then. I don't know. May- maybe a guy like Drew Aller, I would have put a little bit higher. Um, and then I really personally like Michigan's quarterback JJ McCarthy. So
0: yeah, and we don't have him as high right now. We talked about Davis Brin. We did the Tulsa transfer going to Georgia Southern. They were, I think the second highest passing offense in the country last year,
1: which is incredible. That's incredible (laughs) that that's the case.
0: I know. So Bryn is in a pretty good spot, um, but still more unknowns. We got to learn more in the off season about the O-line and the returning weapons and all that stuff to have confidence to move them up that list.
2: And transfer portals open again. So you never know who's going to go where and help these guys out. And maybe our top 25 ends up looking a little different depending on if somebody comes in or somebody leaves or whatever the case may be. Like I know TCU receiver is already transferring out, you know, so you got Hudson that's transferring out who is a five-star guy. So potentially things can change a little bit. You just never know.
0: What would it take for Dante Moore? One of the only like real true freshmen that we think have, have an opportunity, or if, if I were to phrase it this way, if Nico wins a job at Tennessee, And Donovan Moore wins the job at UCLA. Which one would you rather have if they're both starting?
2: Oh, Gosh, based off the offense, I'm going to go a Tennessee quarterback. I mean, that coach all of a sudden just seems to have a way with his receivers and their routes and whatever to have a receiver that's wide open every play. Yeah. And, you know, I would probably go Nico. And like you said, in the spring game, he looked so good. Yeah. Um UCLA, to me, still has some questions as to, you know, what their receivers can do. They've mm-hmm. got kids transferring in and stuff. But I think the Tennessee receivers that are filling in the role for, like, Hyatt and stuff, they're same quality of a receiver. I don't think they're going to miss a beat.
1: Yep, yep. All right. With that being said, that is the top 25 preseason rankings for quarterback. We hope you guys like this format. Every once in a while, we'll try to make this happen right now. The biggest holdup is that Doug and his contract has only got one of these per year. We may have to go back and renegotiate his contract to see if we can uh, get him to uh, to allow there to be more than uh, one of these a year. But let us know. Do you guys like this format? Uh, we'll see if we can make this happen Um as often as we can. But uh, next week, we're going to be back to the normal uh, the normal stream yard. Three of us in three different locations format. Talking about the top 25 running backs for 2023 preseason rankings. On behalf of Brian McElpers and Doug Gravely. My name is Matt Knowles. We thank you guys for coming out. Don't forget to like and subscribe to cfbdynasty.com. See ya.
2: See you guys.